When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the what? My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. It's the summertime, and we're gonna talk about a shark. Do 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 do. This week, we're talking about 1981's The Last Shark, as picked by me. Because let's face it, I love shark movies, and most no, of them are don't. bad. No, you don't. Love Jaws. <laughs> I love I love shark movies. Most of them are bad, but every once in a while, there's one that's so bad that it kind of ekes its way into good. And that is what The Last Shark is, also known as Great White, also known as the movie that can't normally be shown in America because Universal sued it so badly for how blatantly it rips off the entire plot line of Jaws 1 and 2. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was my favorite thing about it. Because... <laughs> it was, it's just so like unapologetic that it's ripping off Jaws. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's just so many movies where, like, Everything is a ripoff of Jaws to people. You know what I mean? And it's like, all right, this is kind of like Jaws. But everyone's like, oh, it was a complete ripoff of Jaws because it's about a shark. This was like the characters were like Walmart <laughs> versions of everyone. Like it was Jaws. And I loved it. This is Jaws produced by like written by a 15 year old boy in his room. Oh, 100%. I've written this script for Jaws. <laughs> like, yeah. I absolutely have. Where the shark is unexplainably just evil. Yeah, <laughs> like he's not powers. even eating people. He's just like ripping them apart. Yeah, he's he's just out for blood. And then they miss the point of like why the mares and stuff are evil. It's because they're greedy. So it's <laughs> like, I don't care about a shark in the water. I need to make money, not... 
I don't care about a shark in the water. I'm going to make a million dollar fortress in the ocean to protect <laughs> everyone so I can sell it. Like you're losing money. Just clear out the beach. <laughs> so so this movie kicks off right out the gate. Oh, man. It, it starts playing. And you're like, oh, I know what this is because it's a weird ass disco song. And I wrote, how can you not be charmed by this man and his surf dancing? OK, so I want to I want to interject real quick quick here. I was dreading the fuck out of watching this. Like you <laughs> you put this on our, our schedule, I don't know, three or four weeks ago. And I was just like, oh, fuck, Matt's going to make me watch this finally because you've been talking about it for years uh <laughs> since before we were horror movie night um and i don't like i don't really like giant animal movies that i mean i like alligator that's about it you know because alligator is fucking hilarious but i was super skeptical and then this boppy intro song starts playing and they're singing about cocaine and they rhyme it with going insane and i was <laughs> <on board. laughs> And you knew why I've been pushing for this for so long. I still it, didn't quite understand it. Like I, I, <laughs> I got the feeling, but the specifics became very clear later. Well, let me ask: Was it a couple minutes later when all of a sudden the shark just takes a huge ass bite out of the surfboard and the guy doesn't <laughs> notice, and then he explodes out of the water? Yeah, <laughs> then he's not the last person to explode out of the water. I see. I must have looked down at my phone. I did look down on my phone because I missed what happened there. So I did. I was typical Brian through this movie straight face until he the jaws came up and knocked the guy's boat like thirty feet in the air. Yes, that's and the, that's that is the better part. Laughed. Yeah, as soon yeah. as that happened, I laughed at like laughed so hard out loud. <laughs> it looks so terrible. <laughs> Like they they just got a mannequin, and the reason they got a mannequin and not a dummy was because he was stiff as a board as he yeah. shot up in the air. Yeah. Like his arms weren't fla- flailing; it was just like. And it was amazing because it looked like they put a bottle rocket under it to like mm-hmm. go extra extra high off of the boat. He looked like if like Red Bull was big in the eighties, and their commercial was like <laughs> someone taking a sip and then just blasting off like a rocket. Uh, so. There's so there's this scene where the the friends of the surf dancer are being interviewed by the cop and the one guy says, you know, just one second he was there and then one second he was gone. And I wrote, he exploded, you deaf, blind fool. Like, <laughs> like, how, do you, how do you miss that? And the characters are so weird because it's like everybody is acting through quicksand. It's so strange. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm sorry that I keep jumping all over, but there's only a few things in this movie that I just couldn't get over. And it's like, if the shark is near, everybody falls in the water. Like, yeah, like everyone that fell in the water, it just didn't make sense. It'll be like yeah. a crack and people like run to the edge. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the thing about this movie, so I, I rewatched Jaws last night just to prepare for this. So I could have the two fresh in my brain. And and with Jaws, I feel like they kind of knew the shark didn't look great. You know what I mean? So, like, they don't show it a bunch. And that was also for technical difficulties. But even when they were able to show it, it's, like, very quick. Uh-huh. This this movie oh, a, it's all shows, that, shows that shark off all the time. But even before they start showing off the shark, 
Jaws did this whole like we'll use the shark's perspective so that it's creepy. This has the shitty ass silhouettes of a shark just <laughs> shooting straight up to hit things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, the the other thing that's so odd about their choices in this film is the fact that I actually wasn't sure if they were going to use a uh, like uh, an animatronic shark for this at all, or if they're just going to use nature like uh, nature yeah. stock stuff. Yeah. It was so oh, weird. I would not. I would not make us watch nature stock. We needed to watch this poorly made. There was definitely nature stock in this. There's and a lot, no, but there's but there's yeah. nature stock in Jaws. I'm talking about. There's movies where the whole movie is just based on nature stock without ever showing a prop shark and yeah. this thing oh boy this this prop shark is something to be seen okay yeah. so uh, on a scale of jaws to jaws the revenge how bad do you think this looks worse than jaws the revenge yeah i think that jaws the revenge no, 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 is probably did... the most impressive of the um of the actual shark animatronics. So I would say Jaws 3D, which we might talk about next year. I've been holding Jaws 3D off for a bit just so I can, just so we can do our Lou Gossick Jr. impression. (laughs) (laughs) You tell me there's a shark in this book. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? And uh, uh, you know, I've been meaning to say this and now what the fuck was that? The shark I think my dogs, <laughs> think my dog dogs just... broke something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like a special effect of somebody breaking a fight over your head. <laughs> or a day dropped about paying, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so I've been meaning to, to, to mention this for quite some time. I really miss Brian's, uh, or I mean Matt's, um, Eddie D's on impression. And so I was wondering if Matt if you would do me a solid and narrate a bit of this film in Eddie Dizon voice. I mean, I can just describe things from the shark's perspective as I, ah! as it comes around. Doing it for um, me. So there's a scene right after they really start ripping off jaws and they explain that the smashed up surfboard is probably from a boating accident. Oh, is um, that when, when do we get the guy who can't decide what accent to use? Uh, oh, Vic Morrow, because I definitely know yeah. Vic Morrow's accent yeah. all over the fucking place. <laughs> there's a scene where there's a dialogue. I forget who is having this dialogue, but it's clearly filmed on shot with no love mics because every car driving by is so fucking <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's great. But then, yeah, we get these. There's a couple moments before we see the shark where, like, It'll just do this close-up zoom on the shark's face, like "Here I am!" <laughs> right in. Um, but then we get they drop the net. This is first of many attempts at catching the shark, and we get the shark chewing through the net, which is whoever's manning this head of a shark is just kind of bopping its head into different areas. <laughs> About two years ago, I attempt it to do 24 straight hours live streaming oh, horror yeah. and this was one of the movies that i watched on that live stream when i was waiting for scott and adam to jump in and that involved as we were watching it that was probably one of the movies that the most this was one of the movies that the most people were watching with us on the stream and they gave the shark a nickname which was old fruit punch mouth because his <laughs> mouth is so absurdly red inside uh, so as i'm watching i'm like yep old fruit punch mouth he's back he's just got that jaw hanging out but let's talk about brian brought up the fucking 
the boat exploding in the air. And this is when we get the first real look at this shark prop in all of its glory. And it really doesn't do much except that its mouth drops occasionally, but like stays open. Like it doesn't, it doesn't do a lot of chewing. It just unhinges. It looks like paper mache. Yeah, like I actually <laughs> thought that they were only going to show the the face like <laughs> one time, but they, you're not kidding. They really, they were, I don't know if they were proud of it or not. So this was an Italian film. Like this was, yes. and I feel like Italians, when they make bad movies, they're like, bellissimo, you know, like they, they want, <laughs> you know, they fucking want it to, they, they don't give a fuck. They're like, they're, and they are going all out. They have no chill. They have no subtlety. And I don't know if it was just the 70s and 80s, but like every Italian horror film that's not a giallo, and including giallos, I guess, is just so on the nose. They don't care. Yeah, I don't think it's just Italian films. I mean, look at Olive Garden. Shut up and eat our shitty food. Oh, says the guy who probably loves Olive Garden. I like Carabas. Oh, I'm a Carabas guy too. What the fuck is the difference? Is Carabas just one step above Olive Garden in quality? I, I always say that Carabas is like the depressing Olive Garden because they keep the lights low and it's all sad Italian music. Yeah. <laughs> It's not good. I've had good Italian food. I just like the ambiance there. Yeah, I, I agreed. And, you know, sometimes so this became the joke at uh, Comic-Con was I was insistent that at some point we go to Old Spaghetti Factory because I just wanted some pasta, which, you know, Jonathan brought up multiple times. Oh, yeah. Come down to San Diego, home of tons of great seafood and lots of other stuff but let's just get pasta that you can get from fucking anywhere at a franchise spaghetti place i will say this one of the days i was most angry with you and i i never told you this but it infuriated me was you put up a status and you were like ask me my top five anything and someone said top five restaurants and all five were chains. It just it yeah. pissed me off so much. You were like, yeah. Olive Garden, Applebee's, TGI Fridays. <laughs> years ago, though. Jesus. It pissed me off so much. You'll never forget. <laughs> Listen, man, there's not a lot of restaurant restaurants out here. They all close pretty quickly. Yeah, that is the downside to Aston. <laughs> like, like, oh, that's the all downside? It's the only one. Otherwise, yeah. it's a perfect place. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've been there quite a few times, and it is somewhat terrifying. Listen, you've been inside houses as we drive to other towns for events. That's yeah, and those other that. towns are pretty goddamn fun. Yeah. I Matt could be the tour guide of Aston, though. Because he wants me to move home so bad that every time I'm home and we're driving, I'm like, this place fucking sucks. He's just like, well, <laughs> you know, it's also got this nice little nook that you can't get anywhere else in America. And, you know, the trees. Hey man, Look at the trees. Linville, Linville Orchards <laughs> is beautiful. It's got a lovely walking trail. Anyway, so the shark now also Wait, what are we ability. talking about? <laughs> the shark has the ability to just move rocks and trap people in places. Oh, that's so ridiculous. This is <laughs> the smartest killer shark you've ever seen. But there's no there's no prize in that. That's literally just killing for the sake of killing. <laughs> like, you sons of bitches are meddling in my eating plans. I will crush you with rocks and not eat you. <laughs> the, shark, the shark, like, slams into a boat and gets caught in the propeller, like... Well, he jams himself into it. I, I didn't get that. 
Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of things I don't get about this movie. But I want to talk about there's two scenes that are like my absolute favorite scenes in this movie. And the one a fucking helicopter. I was going to say the helicopter scene is so fucking bonkers from like. So the dude slips and he's he's it's the mayor, isn't it? Yeah, the mayor's hanging from this helicopter. So why is the mayor who's going for reelection out on a boat trying to kill a shark with a spear gun? Listen, he's on a helicopter trying to kill a shark. <laughs> so he he falls into the water. The helicopter lowers. He grabs onto the helicopter thing. It starts to lift him up, and then he slips and falls into the water again. Helicopter comes back down, grabs onto the helicopter. He's in the air, and this shark comes out of the water and then just gently, ever so gently, gets the mare's lower torso into his mouth and just rips him clean in half. And then the helicopter operator just like still goes back down another time. And then the the shark just gets the whole helicopter and pulls it under. Now, <sighs> remember, oh man, remember when we got the shitty helicopter explosion in uh, Ninja 3, the revenge or the domination? Um, this is like. I made a joke back then about them like, oh, they didn't have the money to like destroy a helicopter. They had the money to destroy a helicopter for this movie. Dude, Italy's crazy. Yeah. Um, the other scene that I love, and it's we're jumping kind of close to the end, so if you've got anything you need to talk about, now's the time. But it's the scene on the deck where, where this shark is just popping out of the water, Opening his mouth, moving <laughs> forward, biting a piece of deck, ripping it off, opening his mouth, and just coming back like a video game villain in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's some Nintendo shit. I want to see the last shark video game because I've seen the Jaws NES game. I want to see the last shark. <laughs> and then just the ending is just the shark fucking explodes because why <laughs> wouldn't it? Like- the guy puts the – well, it, it ate a, a, uh, a charge – uh, that was the the detonator was in the dead guy's in Vic Morrow's dead hand, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and he and then the the hero dude is like, oh my god, my best friend or whatever. I, yeah. My he, best he, friend that I just met a couple months. A yeah, couple I was about to say ago. like he didn't really know. <laughs> I I and to be fair, I didn't really give two shits about anybody in this movie. So I except for the shark, really. I yeah, the the shark is the star. It, Oh, and we're totally missing the part where the 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 hero guy's daughter gets her fucking leg amputated. Oh yeah, that happens. <laughs> so stupid. Anyway, so he like he finds the detonator in his new beef fries dead <laughs> hand because uh, like the, it's just like the arm just floats by him. <laughs> he grabs the detonator out of the hand. It would have been so much better if he would have just put his hand on top of the dead corpse's hand and like been like sayonara motherfucker or whatever he says. He has some little quip and then he like blows up the shark because the shark ate the, the depth charge or whatnot. So and, and then they end the movie by him coming up on to the, the dock and this guy who's like a journalist or something is asking these ridiculous questions like, how does it feel to be, you know, an all-American? And he and and he's like, he doesn't say, he's like, come on, man, I really need this for my story. And then the hero guy just punches him in the mouth and walks away. And, and I'm like, 
one, I don't think that we really need to be glorifying violence as an answer, but, you know, also, this is just a really unsatisfying end to this unsatisfying movie. So here's here's the thing. So Universal, as I said, sued the pants off this movie. As they should have. As much as it blatantly rips off Jaws 1 and 2. Yeah. However. Wait, so, so quick question. What's Jaws? I don't think I've ever seen Jaws 2. So, so Jaws 2 has a helicopter scene. That That's like the big thing that they took from Jaws 2 in this. Okay. But a year later, Jaws 3D comes out. And you know how they kill the shark in Jaws 3D? Uh, Someone's new best friend gets eaten by the shark while holding a detonator. <laughs> they're, just, they're just fucking with the people that did the last shark. <laughs> and they use that to blow up the shark at the end. And Scott, I forgot that, uh, you know, when we eventually get around to doing, doing Jaws 3D, uh, uh, Leah Thompson is in it. It's her first ever movie. Oh, uh, that's not, that doesn't bode well for my enjoyment factor. <laughs> Man, look at this cast. Dennis Quaid, Bess Armstrong, Lou Gossett Jr., and Leah Thompson. So um, odd. So fucking odd. And I, I was just, you know, randomly looking at the trivia and I stumbled upon this, this gem. <laughs> According to the book, Roy Schneider, Schneider, a biography, Schneider, who starred in the first two Jaws movies, said Mistopheles could not make talk me into doing Jaws 3, so they knew better than to even ask. He agreed to make Blue Thunder in 1983 in order to ensure that he was definitely contractually unavailable to do the film. <laughs> <laughs> Is Blue Thunder a piece of shit movie? I have no clue. But as Schneider had done Jaws 2 reluctantly due to a contract issue with Universal Studios where he owed the studio two films after withdrawing out of The Deer Hunter. To get out of the situation, he swore he would just do Jaws 2, a movie which he had no desire to work on in exchange for the studio releasing him from the rest of his contract. <laughs> Jaws 2's fine. It's just a fine movie. There's nothing. It's literally just Jaws done again. Jaws 3 is fucking wild because it's a shark loose in SeaWorld. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're right. We haven't watched that one. <laughs> and then Jaws 4 is the shark that just teleports itself to Jamaica to get vengeance on a family. And so, the, there's a telepathic link between the mom and the shark, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jaws, Jaws, Jaws of Revenge is fucking revenge. wild. That that book is... I read the book adaptation of Jaws of Revenge, which involves a voodoo god that uh, was hired by someone to get vengeance on the family by possessing the shark. So... I guess that... that uh... That's a better explanation. Yeah, I like it. Oh, my God. So, you know, when everybody's deciding that they're going to sleep on the beach yeah. for the windsurfing competition, everybody's like, who wants to go in the beach? Who wants to go in the water? And this girl slow-mo runs. And I swear to God, her boobs flop out of her no, her two size, two small like strapless bikini in slow motion and i'm like of course it's italians they had to yeah. show some movies <laughs> I, and i'm sick it was my second favorite part of the movie no i'm just kidding uh <laughs> but no i i was just like this is so odd the use of slow-mo was so odd in the beginning and then they're like wait wait we need to we need to make this movie 90 minutes long so here's five minutes of slow-mo <laughs> and it's it does nothing because the the shark doesn't catch anybody 
No, no, it's clearly a like, oh, we it's don't have enough TNA. TNA in this. Let's yeah. film this real fast. Yeah. So that was The Last Shark. I will say that if you haven't watched it and you listen to this episode, that bad boy's on Amazon Prime and you should get some friends over and have a real good time with this movie because it's kind of like a hidden because it's so hard to actually get in the United States because of all the, the suing. Uh, it's actually a pretty good hidden gem, I say. I didn't hate my watch, but I don't know if I'd watch it again alone. <laughs> oh, this was like my fifth watch alone. Yeah, but Matt, we've I'm been a over this. I get it. Yeah, no, I get it. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Uh, so, double features. Let's hear them. I'm going first. Go for it. I'm doing one and a half double features, okay? Okay. So, you watch The Last Shark. Mm-hmm. And then you do a little intermission and you watch The Raft from Creepshow 2. Okay. And then you get on to the other half of your your double feature, which is Blood Beach, which is a killer right. clam. Yeah, killer <laughs> clam movie. It's one that I've almost picked every summer. Yep, same here. And, and then I'm like, is it worth it? I don't think <laughs> it is worth it. I've watched it once and I don't think that there's enough meat on that bone until the last 10 minutes when you see yeah, the horrible paper mache killer clam that's the size of a buick yeah it's it's uh but what a what a poster the, the poster <laughs> really is the best part of that film so i'm gonna go with a little history lesson my double feature is gonna be a little tv movie called cruel jaws jaws five which oh god which was a movie that somebody made uh, and all they did, again, got sued. Uh, at one point, Shout Factory was planning to put this out on Blu-ray until they watched it and realized that the movie just uses scenes from Jaws and Jaws 2 <laughs> as well as scenes from The Last Shark. And then it was like 30 minutes of actual footage that they shot with people just falling into water and then cutting to scenes from different movies for what was happening inside the water. That sounds uh, awful. Oh, it's it's bad. Uh, so I highly recommend like just just really going in deep on your bad Italian shark movie by basically watching the last shark a second time. <laughs> you <laughs> are with a absolutely cast, sadistic <laughs> with a different cast of folks. But yeah, I think I would do Anaconda. Ooh. Yeah. Another one that I bounced Lopez? back and forth on <laughs> with Jennifer Lopez and Ice Cube. Is and, it really uh, worth? Is it really worth watching? No, I, I rewatched it. it. I rewatched it very recently to see if I would want to pick it in the future, and I uh, I'm still not positive. But I was like, this isn't this isn't what I want it to be. <laughs> I, so, I think I may still have a VHS copy in my huge pile of vhs's that i amassed back in like may 
Yeah, I haven't seen it since I last rented it from Blockbuster, so we're going back a, a decade or two. Um, but I just, even based off memory, I was like, you know what scene I thought was awesome and based on my memory wasn't was the falling off the waterfall. Oh, is that snake grabbed him in the face? Yeah. <laughs> so I would just team with that. <laughs> Wait, is John Voight in that as well? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that movie's rough. It was rough for me in the 90, 90s. Or, yeah, that was like 98 or something, I want to say. Is John Voight a pervert or just a dickhead? I think he's and, just a dickhead. both. Oh, in oh. Anaconda? Yeah. And I uh, can't remember, Matt. You watched it like last week. <laughs> Not last week. But, uh, but uh, yeah, he's mostly just a dickhead because he's, he's trying to... I mean, he's a dickhead who gets perverted towards the very end as every villain in any action movie is known to do. Like, Oh, yeah, they do do that. Yeah, like, they're just like an evil dude. And then, like, towards the very end, they're just like, this is my whole evil plan. But also, side note, going to feel up your boobies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you're just like, that was unnecessary. Why did that get added into this guy's character suddenly? Guys, guys, listen to this. So Anaconda, 1997. Anaconda's The Hunt for Red the Blood Orchid, 2004. <laughs> Anaconda 3, Offspring, 2008. Anaconda's Trail of Blood, 2009. Oh, I know where An- this is going. Anaconda Lake, versus... Lake Placid versus Anaconda, 2015. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. And in that, on the cover of Lake Placid versus Anaconda, there's a giant... Ale- Alleg- is is Lake Placid an alligator or a I think it's croc? a crocodile. Okay, it's yeah. a croc. Um and and it is being wrapped up by a massive anaconda who has a woman in a bikini in its mouth. And the 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 croc is trying to eat the lady too, and so they're fighting <laughs> over people. And Robert England is in it. Wow. Okay, well, guys, I think we found out what I'm picking next. Uh, so how about we talk about good movies that we've seen? Yeah. Since most of our double features were kind of trash. <laughs> um, I will go. Uh, I saw Stuber, and it's a blast. Uh, I don't know why critics are so harsh on it. They, it's a fucking it, action comedy. What? Are, so here's the thing. It's an action comedy parody, yeah. and their complaint is that it leans on too many action cliches. And I'm like, it's a parody. <laughs> like, Critics are so worthless, man. It's so so the concept behind the movie, which they didn't do a good job of advertising, is that Dave Bautista's character is your typical action character in the sense that like. He had a partner and the partner died. And the reason the partner died was because he wears glasses and his glasses got knocked off and he couldn't see the perp. So he wasn't able to take a shot while the, the perp killed his partner and got away. So he's been obsessed with catching this perp ever since. Um, and his chi- the chief of police is like, listen, the feds are taking over this one. Take some t- you have some time off. Relax. He's like, well, I'm just taking time off to get LASIK. He's like, because because uh, he's so like haunted by the fact that he yeah. didn't have his glasses. So he gets LASIK and immediately after leaving LASIK, his informant calls him and is like, I know where the perp is. So he can't see at all. So that's why he's ordering the Uber is that the Uber's driving him around, but also being his eyes for him. I'm almost the- positive that, that was in the trailer. Yeah. See, the trailer never explained the eye thing. They, they was just like, yeah, it's a buddy cop between him and a guy in an Uber. Um, it's. I mean, if you didn't have Camille in the movie, it wouldn't be nearly as entertaining because Camille's just so I naturally love him. funny. So, yeah. Everything he says makes me at least it's just charming. 
Yeah, and that's and that's like that's his charm in the movie is everything he says is like laugh out loud funny. Even when it's not written as a joke, he just has a way of saying normal lines of dialogue and it being really, really funny. Uh, so that I, I highly recommend it, but it's probably not going to be in theaters by the time this comes out. So wait for DVD or Netflix or Amazon Prime. Yeah, I was going to wait for VOD personally. Yeah. So I want to mention, well, two of these things I'm pretty sure we've all watched. So let me start with something that uh, I know that you guys didn't watch. Um, and I'm also doing the thing that I am critical of first. Hagazusa, The Witch's Curse. Uh, Never even heard of it. <laughs> it's uh, it's on Shudder. It's, it's basically like if The Witch, wa- if you were watching The Witch at half speed. Oof. It's, but like, it's got almost no talking. It's got rape and hallucinogenic mushrooms. And it's just and and really no supernatural aspect to it. Um, it was a really hard watch. I really respect the film on a technical and skill level, but I don't think that I would suggest anybody watch it unless they, if you like Antichrist, maybe. Oof. You know, okay, yeah. like, I'm going to avoid that one then. It's it's just really harrowing. And it really I mean, it didn't fuck me up. And it's not like hereditary fucked me up, but it made me feel a bit ill just because it was so intense. So um, Hagazusa on Shudder, uh, watch at your own risk. But Midsummer. Mm-hmm. Oh, you finally saw Midsummer. Well, so we are. I saw it. Yeah, I saw it on oh, that's right. Tuesday night. <laughs> that's right. I, I keep forgetting that we haven't recorded for- like almost a month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh, mean, my two cents is that it's a fantastic movie while I understood exactly where it was going and I felt like it was a bit long. I think that, that was the point. Um, it's It didn't impact me like Hereditary did. It didn't fuck me up, but it was oddly uplifting. So, yeah, I would I would say my walk away with Midsummer was that I think Hereditary is the better movie, but I feel like this is the one I'm more likely to watch again because it, oh, like yeah, said, it didn't watch Hereditary yeah, again. It, it didn't emotionally destroy me like Hereditary exactly. did, so I'm more willing to like go through Midsummer again. I do and I've been I feel like I've been getting more and more critical about this, but there's just been so many like close to three hour movies. I do feel like you could probably trim about 10, 15 minutes and the movie would still be equally effective. I just have to rewatch it a couple times to figure out what those ten or fifteen minutes would be. And, I don't. And, I don't think you can change the pacing, though. Here's and here's my here's my thing is like, am I getting annoyed? And if not, then it's fine. Like, there's a lot of movies that right. should be shorter, but like, I didn't check my watch once during uh, Midsummer. I loved it. I loved the. You know, my friend was pissing me off because he was saying that it was pretty much the same thing as Hereditary, and it nope. absolutely wasn't. <laughs> I also like, don't like people saying that. Pony. No, and yeah. And it's like, first of all, he's done two movies. Yeah. Second <laughs> of all, like, yeah, they have to do with Colts. One is about a family that is dealing with grief and slowly falling apart. And then this one, I'm, this one is just about a girl that never really had a family at all. And they yeah. don't come out and say it, but I like noticed it after thinking about it a few days later. It's like if her sister is severely bipolar, that means as soon as her sister was diagnosed, all of her parents' attention went towards her sister. Mm-hmm. Her boyfriend doesn't give a shit about her. And then yeah, she finds this commune where it's like, We're all family. 
Yeah, we're we gonna cry with you. We're gonna. Yeah. Yeah. That crying scene yeah. is. That was the part of the movie that really, like, cinched the deal that I liked the film because I was like, I was entertained and I was engrossed in the story, but I didn't quite. I wasn't quite there. And then when they're screaming with her as she's dealing with the grief of that situation, um, I was like, I, I was, it's oddly heartwarming. Yeah. And it's weird. Cause I was expecting it. I was like, Oh, this movie's going to, I was expecting towards the beginning. I was like, this is going to be just as fucked up as hereditary. Cause I had that same overall, the movie was not unsettling. It didn't make me uncomfortable, but the scene where she is laying on her, uh, boyfriend's lap crying yeah oh god he does such a good like he could never do a slasher movie because it would be like this teenager gets butchered now let's watch the family scream in agony that their 17 year old is never coming home again you know what i mean like yeah he, he puts the realism in death and it's like oh man this is fucking grief yeah and that sound yeah that i mean i don't know her name the actress but um man she's great she's a great fucking actress yeah because those sound like you hear people you know in scream when um the parents come home and they see drew barrymore strung up on a tree that that like is a super fake scream to me you know it's a horrifying scream but not like the the grief hurtling yeah yeah and like uh, this is a little, probably a bit of an overshare, but when um, our dog before uh, Petey, uh, when she was sick, uh, she had a blockage and uh, um, and she died. And when I was taking her to the emergency room, uh, like the doggy ER, I made that sound because yeah. she was my first dog. And I mean, I've lived a very charmed life. I have not, I mean, like I've lost grandparents and, you know, I mean, I've lost a couple uncles, but nobody super close to me and having her being like in a life-threatening situation, I, I did not know how to control myself when those were the sound, that was the sound that I made. And when I saw that scene in Midsummer, I was like, fuck, it gave me chills. Yeah. Anyway, so, um... I also want, and on an up note, I want to talk about Stranger Things season three. Yep. Oh, I wish Good my shit. mic was working. Ah, well, okay. <laughs> how about this? Why don't we put a pin in that for next week to get people to salivate and wanna listen to next week? But we all we all liked it, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so yeah. we'll talk about that next week. All right. Well, then that was the last shark from 1981 but it won't be the last episode of horror movie night no 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 uh we've got a lot more to talk about in fact the dangers of your first time might be the topic of next week's episode so (laughs) so tune in next week to see what we're talking about but also don't forget to always hit up all of our dope ass social media i'm talking about visiting us on all the platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's all HMN Podcast. Or you can email us at HMNPodcast at gmail.com or through our website at HMNPodcast.com. And if you just love what we're doing and you want more and more and more of this good shit, then you need to go on down to our Patreon, patreon.com <laughs> backslash HMN Podcast, because we've got so much shit on there you won't even believe. Also, if you're in the $10 or higher donation group, you can actually 
watch the first cut of our pilot. It's not going to be what we ship out, but you'll get to see it because, you know, you've been giving us money and we appreciate you for that. Uh, only thing that I want to throw out there is at the time that this episode drops, I am in Cherry Hill for Monster Mania. Come check it out. And in two weeks, we're going to be at the Creature Feature Weekend. Uh, we are working on possibly doing a live podcast there with our good friend Joshua Does Cosplay. So you don't want to miss that either. So stay tuned. We'll let you know more information as we get it for the panel for Creature Feature Weekend. But regardless, Scott and I will definitely be there. Not Brian. Brian is kind of, I, I mean, I think it's fair for us to admit this. If you remember Max Headroom, that's Brian. He doesn't really exist. He's a computer program that Scott and I have built. But, but one day we'll make him sentient and he'll maybe be at a live event. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Bye. listening to the Geekscape Network. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why are you my facing Floyd Mayweather in the woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.